Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. We are back on your favorite Cornhusker podcast, and this week we got Chazzy sitting with us. We're about to get Chazzy's picks throughout the season, but how are you guys doing today, B-Sol, T-Sol, and Chazzy? Doing good. Nice to hear some news out of Husker camp now that fall camp has officially started. Feels like Christmas morning here, J-Sol. Yeah, J-Sol, I feel good. The fact that we're turning it into August. We only got a couple more weeks before the season begins, and this week we're going to hear what Chazzy thinks about the program this season. I believe it's a month left for this till the season starts based on B-Sol's countdown on Twitter. If that's what the countdown's for, I don't really know, but I think it's 31 days. 31 days until kickoff. How are you doing today, Chazzy? I'm doing just yeah, I was gonna say, when are you gonna let me chat? Uh as always, it's a pleasure to be on the Sully Scoop for I think this is now like my third time, so looking forward to more opportunities. Absolutely. We'll just see, you know, how much you're drinking the Kool-Aid. If you know, if you're gonna be like B cell, I don't know how many more B cells we can have on here, you know. There's always you know, room like, for we... Husker fans who feel it, J Cell. <laughs> I think what you meant to say is get the kegs rolling, baby. Well, I just remember based on Chazzy's pick last season, I don't know if we want to hear who he's got us beating and losing to because I believe he had us going undefeated last year, if I remember correctly. I definitely did not have us going undefeated last year, but I think I did only have us playing 11 games. I I do think that uh, he was drinking the same Kool-Aid as Bill last year, or Bisa last year. Yeah, Chazzy, I don't remember. Uh, who were your four playoff teams from last year? Did you have the Huskers slipped in there like Bisa? Now, come on. I don't think anyone would ever predict Chazzy to make that bold prediction. But I definitely know you didn't go four for four with your playoff teams. No, but I do believe that me and Besal did have Cincinnati on that Bearcat bandwagon, and uh, we're still living in that moment. And I don't know why Tiso's calling you out saying he you didn't have your four teams. I believe he didn't even have one team in his bracket. But I think we got to get it to Minnesota, Nebraska, in Minnesota. Who do you have coming out of this game? Well, I don't think the uh, loyal Sully Scoopers are going to like Chazzy after this one, but uh, I, for one, hate opening up against Big Ten teams. I have us losing to Minnesota. It's going to be close, but I think we're going to fall short because we never open up the season on a good note. What score you got there? Uh, Like I said, it's going to be close. Uh, I don't really have a score picked out. I think it'll be a one-score game, though. Well, we're going to make you lock it down. I don't like that you don't got a score. You already got us losing. You got to have a score. 
All right. If I have to have a score, I'm going 28-23. Yeah, we're holding you to that score, just so you know. They're chazzy. But I do want to say I agree with you. I do not like the Huskers opening up this season going against a Power 5 team, especially a team in conference, in the division. Well, it seems like the three of you all like that pick there as a loss to Minnesota here. And I got to tell you guys, there's a lot of news coming out of Minneapolis right now. And do you really feel that confident that Minnesota is going to beat the Huskers? And I mean, Jason, do you really think Minnesota is going to win the West if they lose PJ Fleck here? I do think they're going to take the wild, wild West. They got a lot of people on their, in their program that have been there, Bissell. And guess what? If PJ Fleck is to leave Minnesota and been where? have to step away. I'm sorry. Where have they been? They've had a lot of people who have been there. Yes, the offensive line. I <laughs> mean, the talking defense, about winning the and West. They're returning a lot of people. You're to, you're pulling out two guys that they're not returning. Their running back and their quarterback. Guess what? Their quarterback sucks. So why does that even matter? Second of all, they have the second best O line in the West today, and the number one team is Illinois with the best offensive line in the Big Ten West. So that is why I'm taking Minnesota because I think their skill position players will be better. And that is why I have them picked to win the West. But guess what? If PJ Fleck has to step away, maybe I flip it to, you know, Illinois because they had the opportunity to win it last year. I think that, you know, those are the top two teams in the West right now. Jay Who are Saw, you going to go with? Jay Saw, I got to ask you, man, what kind of drugs are you taking on your end there? When you talk about that Minnesota has the best offensive line in the Big Ten, what big what ten have they West. done? Big Ten West. And I no. said they had the second, second best offensive line in the Big Ten West. Name another one that has name name a Big Ten West team that has a better offensive line. I'll wait. But now Scoopers, just notice how he switched his pick from Big Ten to Big Ten West because he realized he screwed up when he said that because there is absolutely I said no big way. Big Ten West the entire time. I said Big <laughs> I Ten West so. the entire time. Because there's no okay, way Minnesota's offensive better, line. Who has a better offensive line than them? In well, we'll start the out Big with Ten the easy West. ones. Ohio State, Michigan, Big Ten West, Penn State, he, Illinois. Like you said, he, I bet you. You know, I bet West. you. I bet you. Nebraska has a better offensive line. Iowa's always got a solid offensive Lock line. It in. So does Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And maybe they beat in. Purdue. Maybe they beat Lock Purdue. Lock it in again. That's another one. Not, Guess not, what? You hold just on. named hold on, hold on. Three teams with new coaches. I just want you to know. Hold the phones, Jason. Now, you keep preaching about this O-line, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure you played quarterback at some point in your career, I think, but your O-line sucked. So <laughs> let's just move on to the next thing. They are going to have a fresh new quarterback. And let me tell you, the ball doesn't go anywhere except from the center to the quarterback. And I think that's where all their problems are going to be at because that guy hasn't taken a live snap in like seven years because they've had the same quarterback that long. Yes, and thank you for pointing that out, Chazzy. Let me tell you, when you're back there, if you don't want to get injured, trust me, I learned, you want an offensive line that's going to give you some time. Because, I mean, that is where the games are won and lost is the offensive line. And that is why Michigan won the Big Ten last year. But we're talking about Big Ten West, best offensive line there, T-Saw. Definitely Northwestern. <laughs> Well, I'm just telling you this, Jay. So there's no way Minnesota's coming out of the West. I bet you they're that seven to eight win squad. I don't see much improvement coming out of Minneapolis. 
And now that their coach supposedly has a bad culture going there, Beasall's right. If Fleck gets fired before that game, there is a 0% chance the Huskers lose that game. And that's where the scoopers will see me raise my win total from eight games to nine games. Exactly. I think you're already looking at my same picks. That's a coin flip game for Chazzy. Now, here's here's the other thing, guys. As much as I like talking about Minnesota football, I don't. If you want to talk about Minnesota football, why don't you guys jump on and listen to Ski U, the official big banter Minnesota football podcast. But let's just jump right into it here, Chazzy. Let's just let's let's bypass the rest of this Minnesota talk. You got them opening with a W over Nebraska. I disagree with that. How do you feel about the Huskers going into Boulder, Colorado? Well, we all know it's a long overdue rivalry game. I think we're going to take it to prime time. He's not. He has no idea what's coming. That sea of red is going to flood Colorado, and he's not going to know what to do with it. I think we're walking out of there with a win. Absolutely has to be a win. It's a must-win game there. We are dropping 42-plus on Colorado. Amen to that, Chazzy. I locked it in last week. We were knocking out Colorado 42-14. to And I just got to tell you, the other two souls were ripping me apart on that pick. Jason said there was no chance that we were going to score at least four touchdowns in that game. That's because our defense is going to score three. We haven't even seen this offense play before, and you're already calling out that they're going to score 40? 42. And Jason, we're the second game of the year under a brand new head coach, and you got him coming out doing stuff. No, it's going to be a close game. But let me tell you, we were both bottom feeders last year. Colorado was worse than Nebraska, and I think that's why we have the edge in this game. Now, Jason, weren't you the one preaching? Uh, last episode or the episode before about how we had one of the top offenses in college football. And so if we had one of the top offenses, according to you, there's no way that these guys aren't dropping 42 on prime and his terrible Colorado team. I'm I'm pretty sure you meant to say Scott who, because we're moving on new chapter. I am pretty sure I said Scott Frost there. Tiso tries to call me out on so much stuff that he's just, he misquotes me. He misquotes me every time, and I just, you know, I always got a it's, point that I'm right because I'm always right. You know, Frosty the Cornflake, we we all feel like <laughs> Tiesel likes to uh, likes to misquote us there sometimes. But Chazzy, let's get down to it. you. Got the Huskers dropping 42. How many <laughs> points do you have Colorado scoring on this Blackshirt defense? Mm, Seventeen. All right. Now, Chazzy's got us coming out of the first two weeks, one and one. How do you feel about Northern Illinois coming to Lincoln? Well, let's just start this off with we're not giving the Huskies their second win in Lincoln to a Big Ten team because I'm pretty sure the last time they came to town, they bamboozled the heck out of us. And I'm not ready for that because if we lose to them, we might as well just put on a different red. I'm with you there, Chazzy. It ain't happening. Absolutely cannot happen. And Scott Frost let it happen. If it happens here, I think we already got to move past this rule guy. (laughs) 
Frosty the corn. <laughs> now, Tiesel, I don't know why you find that nickname so funny when you're the one over here dubbing Jaisal Frosty the Cornflake to start with. But listen here, Chazzy, I agree with you. The Huskers cannot afford for Northern Illinois to come back into Lincoln and leave with another W. However, that was a team led by Jordan Lynch, who not a lot of people remember that name. However, he finished for this Northern Illinois team fifth in Heisman voting that year. So I got to know, Chazzy, how do you see this game going and what is the score? Well, like I said, we're going to win. And I think we're going back-to-back weeks at 42. But this time we're going to hold them to 10 because we're definitely giving up some garbage time touchdowns. We're we're good at that. Chazzy wants us to go for those runzas. Chazzy wants runzas, and it sounds like he is a Jeff Sims believer. How are you feeling about QB1 going into the season, Chazzy? Well, I could tell you. I think going into this season, I originally didn't have him starting, but uh, you know, nature took its course, and he's our man. We're rolling, we're rolling with him. You heard it from him himself right here. Chazzy had Purdy as the starter. He couldn't believe his <laughs> eyes when it came out that Jeff Sims was going to be the starter week one. Now that's just absurd. We all know that that's definitely not what I was interpreting there because. If it was up to me, I would have pulled that guy so fast off the roster. I would trade him for a runza. I think we would all make that trade. I don't think anybody would be willing to give up a runza for uh, Chuppa or China Purdue. Tisal's always got the weird nicknames for people. But let's flip it in to the Louisiana Tech game and who you see coming out on top. Well, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't even know when the last time I watched Louisiana Tech even play a football game. So, I mean, I don't think I could really keep rolling the 42s out here. So I'm going to lower that a little bit, and I'm going to go like 31 to 14. You haven't watched Louisiana Tech play, play lately? Do you not watch bowl games in the in the wintertime? I mean, they're usually one of the first two days religiously. They play year in, year out, solid team. Well, Jay Saul, I've been so down underneath a rock since we haven't been to a bowl game that normally I don't turn it on until halfway through. Yeah, Jay Saul, the the uh, bowl season just hasn't meant anything since the Huskers have been winning three and four games. I could give a flying, you know what, uh, who, who's playing in some of these smaller bowl games. Let me tell you, T. Saul, just. It means something to me, though. It means we're in the offseason. Everyone else is done practicing. Now we're at square one recruiting. You know, it starts getting into this. They're taking next steps in recruiting and bringing guys in and trying to see the campus and guys are signing. And I think that's that's what I've been looking forward to is right after the Bulls. I mean, you get to see teams like Louisiana Tech at a bowl, but not, not the Huskers. So you got to you gotta pick and choose. And, I mean, I think it's a good time of the year because then it means we're going into the next season. I don't really have to worry about this heartbreak Husker team. Now, hold on there, Jason. I just have one question for you. How many more years am I going to have to hear you looking forward to the offseason 
every single time the new season starts. Well, let me let me answer that one for you real quick, Jazzy. Right now, I'm looking forward to the season. In 31 days on Beso's Twitter countdown, 31 days, that answer might change. I might no longer be looking forward to the season. Yeah, Chazzy, in recent years, I look forward to the season. And then as soon as the season turns to October, I'm done with it. Based on what I've seen, I know we're going to get absolutely wrecked when Big Ten play comes around. And that's exactly what happened. We haven't seen a Husker team roll into November with the chance of coming out of November in a positive light since Bo Pelini has left the building. There's a lot of negativity coming from the two of you. And I'd <laughs> Did like you to just see the you... years we've gone through. Yeah. So do you want to repeat the last I've six years? Too. No, but here is the thing that you two are totally glossing over here. The saviors come. I believe Matt Rule is a program builder. <laughs> yes, Jay Salt. However, here is the thing. You both have the Huskers coming out of October with a winning record this season in your predictions. So to sit here and tell me that we haven't had meaningful games and you're ready to turn the chapter real quick doesn't sound like you guys are ready to turn the chapter this year. Sounds like you've looked at the schedule and you bought right back in, even though you're trying to hide it behind these fake losses to Minnesota and to Illinois. You both have bought back in. Bought back in? Did we not go through my picks last episode? I mean, I have not bought, been buying myself back in on the Kool-Aid. Let me tell you, the Kool-Aid has run dry on this side. I am just, I live in reality now. I'm a truther. That's what I'm calling myself, a truther. Because I am not getting my hopes up just to have them crushed year in, year out. That is all that has been happening. I don't even... I don't even think I'd want to go into a game thinking we're going to win because I'd rather be surprised than be crushed. You got us five and three at the end of October. Look who we're playing. That's nobody in conference. That's no, that's little power fives, small power five schools that we're taking the wins against. And a Colorado team I said was an asterisk. By the way, I have the win, but I said it was an asterisk because that is a must win game. Or I think you fire rule right away. Now, hold the phones. I might not be the best tech person for this podcast, but I can guarantee you I'm going to rewind it about uh, probably two minutes now when Jason was over there preaching that our savior is here because it's no. about damn time that <laughs> no, you I was making it from your boy that's never coming to Lincoln and you're finally joining the rule laid train. I was inferring that B saw. <laughs> His savior is here. Mine is not here. I have not seen a game. Once I see a game, then I will make my opinion. Week one, I'll be able to make my opinion. And it's not going to be a great one, at least from this side where I'm looking at it now. But week two, that's where I make my judgment call and how I'm riding now. I will be wearing a fire rule shirt if if we lose to Colorado. Now, Jason. Waiting for week one to happen has never stopped you before. I believe the moment you found out uh, Chubba Purdy was transferred in from Florida State, you announced him the savior on the spot the way that B-Soul typically does. And then you regret it instantly when you see him throw the first pass on the field. And also, I believe you're the one who told us we were going to the playoff two years ago. After that miserable 2020 season, you came on air for 2021 and said, 
We're going to the playoffs, baby. And that was the closest we've been yet. You better believe it. Best three and nine team in history. With Scott Frost, other teams, we didn't have an opportunity. I mean, frosty, we had opportunities frosty, in all those frosty. games. We're gonna need to we're gonna need to cool your jets here. But Matt Rule, I am not going out there and saying that he is the savior. That is B so saying he's the savior. I have not bought in. Run it back. Now, Jason, if the Huskers start the Minnesota game with the touchdown on the first drive, you're going to sit there and look at me and say, we're going undefeated this year. <laughs> I can't confirm nor deny that, that feeling that I'm going to get on the first touchdown T-cell because I have been waiting a while for a touchdown for the Huskers. And it's going to feel good when it happens, but I am not buying in first drive. And you can't take everything I say seriously after the first drive if we score a touchdown. That's just a known thing. But, I mean, emotions get the hold of me, and the Huskers are winning, and, yeah, it's going to happen. But I do not have us coming out of that game victorious, so I am not going to buy be buying in that quick. Jason, it doesn't even have to be a touchdown because if you recall that last Ohio State-Nebraska game that you and I sat at, the first or second play, we threw a pass for 10 yards. It was a first down. You looked at me and said, we're going to win this game. And then the very next play, we threw a pick six, and we ended up losing that game 62-7. to seven. Do you remember that game? Because I sure do. And we weren't even close to winning that game. First of all, T-Sol, it was 25 yards, and it's something that B-Sol likes to say. They made adjustments. We didn't. That's exactly it, Jason. And here is the thing. Matt Rule loves to make adjustments, and you guys are going to see that game one against Minnesota. But let's fast forward to week five here. Chazzy, how do you feel the Huskers' chances are with the Wolverines coming to town? Well, I'm a gambling man, as I mention every time I'm on this podcast. And you know what we like to call this when we walk into this game? It's called play in the house, and the house always wins. So there's no way we're winning this game. Chancey, I would not say no way. Well, I would, I would say, say no, no way, way, Jose. Because the last time we started to do good, not to keep bashing on Jason, but he wasn't <laughs> even in the house yet when we scored our first touchdown. And then he showed up, and let me tell you, we sucked after that. So – if Jay Saul's watching that game, we're definitely not winning that game. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was riding high with them when that happened. I mean, they scored a touchdown. But, yes, when I show up, of course, everything crumbles at the end, always. And that is why I have not bought in because I'm going to be watching the games. So how can I pick them to win? So it sounds like you've got a loss here, Chazzy. Can we get a score prediction? Do you think the Huskers are going to cover? I mean, normally what's our spread to cover? Like 21 and a half? I believe the opening line was 16. Biso would not like that pick. Biso would not like that pick of a line at 21 and a half because that would have me having the opportunity to be correct in that argument. From before. Let me me remind you, Chase. I said that 
Jim Harbaugh was going to have him kick a field goal to beat us by <laughs> and cover the points. 33 to and- 10. Beasol did not like that, but in Chazzy's mind, that's what that is what the line is going to be. And Chazzy, I stand correct. I stand corrected. The line opens up at 18. The Huskers are an 18 point dog. And Beasol's starting to sweat on my bet. Well, if if that is in fact is in is a fact, if I could speak English, well, then I definitely have us not covering the spread. We are gonna lose by more than 18 points. I think you guys are forgetting this big picture here that that's going to be Harbaugh's first game this year. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we all know he's getting suspended because they're playing all their cupcake games, so who cares about their first four games? But that suspension can go from four to six games there, Chazzy. And if Michigan does happen to stumble against, I don't know, a Rutgers, T-Cell's favorite team in the East aside from Maryland, that they might take a loss there to Greg Schiano without having Jim Harbaugh and then be down and all out of sorts coming into Lincoln. And the last time the Wolverines were in Lincoln, we should have won. We were an Adrian Martinez mistake away from a victory there. Now, be well, so, that, if, Maryland, if Maryland goes on to beat Michigan, are you going to recrown who you think is the best quarterback in the Big Ten? I never said Maryland was going to beat the Wolverines there, Jason. I that said is what Rutgers. you were saying, Furry. You did Rutgers say that. is who they play. Which is even worse. Besal, that is quite the hot take that you're throwing out here on the scoop right now, saying that Rutgers is going to come out and run Michigan off the field and beat them, which is even worse than, than just showing up and playing a tough game. You're saying they're running off the field. I'm just wondering, on Twitter poll this week that the Sully Scoop posted, how did I get voted as the worst hot takes on the show when Beasel's got Rutgers knocking off Michigan this year? I'm not you're calling taking, a hot take like that. I'm saying what I said. going to get blown out in Hold that on. game. I would just like to say that I didn't even get a chance to vote because I lollygagged, but I was still voting T-Cell. Absolutely ridiculous. Everyone is voting ridiculous. Now, now, Tisa, what you're what you are trying to sway the listeners here is you are saying that I said Rutgers would beat Michigan. I said it would not surprise me if Michigan stumbled without Jim Harbaugh and looking at their cupcake row to start the season, I would say Rutgers is their toughest opponent. I did not say that Rutgers was going to beat them. I would not lock in a T-cell hot take like that on air. I would only do that behind closed doors. I mean, let's be real. A blind monkey could lead Michigan to 4-0 and <laughs> at the start of the season. They don't need a coach for the first four games. They really don't need a coach for the first five games because they play us. And that one just hurt B-cell. That hurt his soul, saying that we are one of the cupcake games, as he has us 10-2 and two this year. 10-2, and two, let that sit in. He has us going to the Big Ten Championship. Now, Jason, let me tell you something. Yes, I got the Huskers at 10-2 and two this season. Look at the schedule. You guys are nitpicking losses here just to try and prove a point here. But, Chazzy... You got them. You got the Huskers failing to cover. What do you got the final score as? 
Prove a point or be right. Prove a point. You have been so anti-rule that I don't even want to get into this right now. You will be on the, you will come to the dark side. Just wait. Well, if you're waiting for me to give my score prediction ever so uh, spread out, because this isn't going to be a close game. Um, I got us losing 48 to 17. Well, that's just not a good turn of events there, Chazzy. But how do you feel the Huskers look? How do you feel the Huskers are going to look as they try to rebound in Champaign against Illinois? Who is T-Sol's Big Ten West champ? Illinois is a solid opponent. They got our kryptonite coaching on the sidelines down there. They're, look, they're a solid team, Jason. And when they beat Minnesota head-to-head, you're going to be eating your words. Now, T-Sol, I think... The other half of your family has gotten a hold of your arm and has dragged you into that blood orange that they got rolling down there because we have never picked. This is normally the game we all agree on should be a win every year. And so you know why? We're not changing that answer now. Chazzy's got us walking into Champaign and just reminiscing over the fact that we're not losing when we walk out of there. Are you gonna do? Are you gonna call the Beastle and say that we go into Champagne and steamroll those guys? Well, for as much as I love jumping on Beastle's bandwagon all the time, <laughs> I'm not. And where has that ready. led you? Well, to a few cliffs, but we've also gone over a lot of mountains together. So, I guess I'd have to say that I'd still follow him, but. I'm not eating my words again this year by saying who even is Illinois because I said that last year and then they steamrolled us. So I don't think I'm falling for that trick. But I like I like where his heart's at, but I'm not following him on that. I'm just going to say that we're going to walk out of there with a win. How do you feel about that, sir, steamroll? I mean, nobody else is picking a steamroll here but you <laughs> in Urbana on a Friday night. Jason. What you fail to realize here is I only picked a three-point victory for the Huskers. Which would be a steamroll. <laughs> I don't know what your definition of a steamroll is, Tiesel, but mine is not a three-point victory. Mine is three scores is a steamroll. Yeah, well, and Beasel, your big steamroll game, we haven't even got down to those ones yet. We'll we'll touch on those as we keep moving along. And Chazzy, just prepare to be surprised. <laughs> Every time I come on this podcast, I'm always surprised. But I don't know how much confidence Beasel has that he's saying it's going to be a three-point game because our kicking game is atrocious. So Our kicking game can only get better. And let me tell you, Tristan Alvino is going to be the starting kicker for the Huskers, hitting 50 yarders in the first day of fall camp today. Shout out to Omaha West Side. Okay, that's well, one thing. Our team could only get better. 
Well, that that fact of the kicking, that is one thing I can agree with with Bissell is we got a solid kicker and hopefully the coach is playing because that would be the only mistake is if they don't play him because he's a true freshman. He's going to be pushing Timmy Bleak Road to the point that either Timmy's going to step up and start hitting some kicks or Tristan's going to get a chance to show what he can do. And, and let I, me tell you, by week five, we're going to have an answer. I, well, I think the latter is more likely. I mean, based on what I saw from Timmy Bleakrod last year, he could hit extra points, but as soon as you start kicking over 30 yards, that man doesn't know where the where the goalpost is. Some would say it was definitely a bleak rod, as T-Saw liked to call Timmy Bleak Road. But, Chazzy, what was your score prediction for this Nebraska-Illinois game? Well, like every time we go into Champaign, we all know it's going to be the fastest college football game that weekend because all they do is run the damn ball. And last I checked, we can't stop a nosebleed against a running team. So I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Nebraska is going to walk out of there like 21-17. to 17. With a victory. Yeah, with a victory, yes. And looking at the week after, we got Nebraska playing Northwestern. Well, there's only one way to go it, with this pick. I would find it very hard to believe if every single person in the state of Nebraska and listening to this podcast doesn't have this as a W. Because if you don't, you might as well just move to a new state. I, I think well I think the entire Big Ten's got this picked as a W for Nebraska. But the better question is, how big of a win will it be? Now, Chazzy, are you picking a lopsided victory or a steamroll like T-Cell has of 45 to nothing? Get ready for um, it, folks. Nebraska is going to be rolling on all cylinders as soon as November and late October roll around. I mean, I can't say that I follow T-Saw down any sort of rabbit holes, but... We can't blame can, you for not for not doing that. We can't blame you. If, if this is a scored, rabbit hole, Chazzy couldn't refuse <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I've been throwing out some high-scoring games so far, but I don't think we're holding them to zero points. What What are you going to see, and what have you seen out of Northwestern that makes you believe that they're going to be able to hang with us? Well, you can fact-check me, but I'm pretty sure we lost to them last year. In Ireland. Just remember, Northwestern didn't beat us in the States. They didn't win a game in the States. And this game happens to be in the States. Does that really make you feel that much better that we're gonna we're gonna turn we're gonna completely change the script and beat them 45 to nothing? 45 to nothing. Who's New the coach? Last team we shut out. Chazzy, three things you gotta remember here. New coach, new QB1, new center. 
I like it. And last what I did... checked, we're like 0-4 against those teams. Yes, T. So I don't think it comes down to their offense, what we see from them. It's what I see from our defense that makes me, you know, think that they're going to put up some points and make it an actual game and score some score some points, you know, score some touchdowns. And it comes down to our defense is pathetic. You got one one star tie out there who's not even going to be able to make a tackle. I mean, that guy doesn't have any effort, but you called him the next Ndamukong Sue. Do not forget. (laughs) Nick Heinrich. Nick Heinrich. This guy is first round draft quality to be so out there. Nick Heinrich is the worst linebacker I have ever seen, and he's going to be giving up big play after big play to them. And it honestly doesn't take that much for somebody to, you know, get a big play when Nick Heinrich is out there because he is so slow. No wide receiver is able to keep up with him. And another one is that Malcolm Hartsog is suspended. We do not know when he's going to be back. And if he is gone, I think missing him is going to leave a hole. Sorry. Now, now Jason, yeah, let's just let's fact check you here a little bit. Miles Farmer. Sorry. Miles Farmer is the one suspended, not Malcolm Hartzog. Second, I, Nick I Henrich should never be covering a wide receiver on a deep route. Has I don't know why you would be. It's on. A, I, I, first of all, I didn't say a deep route. It turns into a deep route when he catches, you know, a little screen to the outside and he's jogging down. Which the field is why the three, three, five defense will be great because Henrich will not be covering a wide receiver in man coverage. Wait that till was the running back rolls out to the side. Wait till the running back floats out to the side on his side. And guess what? Nick Heinrich is too slow to keep up with anyone. Not too slow to lead the team in tackles two years ago, Jaisal. He was not healthy on a last what? year. On a what? On, on a your losing quote, team? Best, no, losing I believe team. you have been calling them the best 3-9 and nine team ever. And Jaisal, you've been harping how great this offense was, and yet this offense only won three games that season. What do you got to say about that offense? The defense. The defense did not hold them to less. Why? Because Nick oh, Heinrich was no. getting these tackles. No, you said that season. Getting- you said that season was that the defense bulldozed. was going to be Nick more improved than the offense. No, you said they were going to be more improved than the offense, and they were. And me and Bezel agreed with you. And here you are, two years later, saying that that was the they, best offense you ever seen in your life. They were more improved because they had to take a bigger step to be better. They had to take a larger leap. I mean, the offense was already clicking, you know, on all cylinders. I mean, that team could score in a heartbeat. But the hey, defense Jay- was the reason they were losing games. Jason, did did you guys happen to see see that there was a reflection in that in that TV there in your room? Uh, I didn't I didn't know you were sitting with Coach Scott Frost right now. Is that why you have to <laughs> love up on his teams right here, Frosty? Listen, it's in the past. We've all moved on. You You're need loving to, up too. on one of his players. Don't forget that guy was recruited <laughs> by Scott Frost. <laughs> Frosty, Frosty, Frosty. You are missing the point here. We need and to I think move Scott Frost odd from Coach defense. Scott Frost, and we need to understand that Matt Rule has an opportunity here with a favorable schedule and a team to go that undefeated. Is not I know how you feel, Bissell. I know how you feel. You think he's going to go undefeated. I'm just snapping you back to reality. His offense is not going to be better than Scott Frost was. The defense might but the offense will not be able to score at the caliber that Scott Frost could. 
Well, Jay, I would, so argue, you're, you're I would arguing... argue that Jeff Sims is a better quarterback than any of the quarterbacks Scott Frost had. Sims is better than uh, Casey Thompson. He ran him out of town. And I would argue that he's better than Adrian Martinez. First of all, Casey Thompson got hurt, which led to him having to leave when Jeff Sims committed. Doesn't but matter if secondly, he got hurt. If he got hurt and came back to practice and was able to do what he what they thought was quarterback one talent ability, he wouldn't have left. He um, left. It does he matter left that he got hurt because clearly he did no. not have the ability when he came back to do that. That is why he left because he was the starter. He left because Jeff Sims was named QB1, and he didn't want to sit on the bench for his last season. Why was he named QB1? Is because Casey was hurt. Casey has the better arm than Jeff Sims. He was named QB1 because of the talent and the ability that he brings to the game. Whatever, B-Salt. You're living in a delusion. It's all right. We're going to just move on past it. And secondly, Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than Jeff Sims. I guess we will uh, find out this year how many uh, late-game turnovers Jeff Sims has to lose a game. Because that comes down argue, to the offensive line. doesn't come Adrian down to the offensive Martinez. line. If Adrian Martinez knew how to hold <laughs> on to the ball when he decided to scramble, let me tell you something – this Husker team would look a lot different this year because Scott Frost would still be at the helm. Maybe he shouldn't have been getting hit. Maybe he should not have been getting hit in the backfield, left and right, by these big bruisers up front. Maybe if they had some type of push, this man would be able you know, not be taking the big hits and have to, you know, fumble at a certain point. Now, JSL, can can we you will just, see though? Can you so? blink we will see. twice? I just want you to know and let us know if you are okay. Is Adrian Scott Martinez Frost holding is you against a better his will? quarterback? <laughs> Adrian. Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than Jeff Sims. I just want you to know that. You can hate on him all you want. Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than Jeff Sims. I completely disagree because Jeff Sims is a lot more durable a quarterback. He will not be knocked out of games doing the same thing with scrambling he's a better athlete a better all passer, he could do and a better scramble. quarterback did you not see the offensive line that is all that adrian martinez could do was scramble and that is why he is a better quarterback he had the ability to change the game and that is why why is he the better quarterback he was on the best three and nine team in history the best i want you to that to sit in the so, best so just and the just better hear me out just hear me out if, if and jeff that came Sim down wins, to defense if jeff losing sims the wins four games this year does he does he automatically become a better quarterback than Adrian Martinez? No, absolutely because oh, not. he's still playing with a lot of the same players that Adrian played with. Is he not? What if he gets hurt? Are you gonna are you gonna rethink what you're saying out here? Be well, he's not gonna Jeff get Sims hurt. Goes so down hurt okay. because he has durability. That is why he's better. That is your standpoint right now. No, because I think he he's a six four quarterback built like like a linebacker, but runs like a running back. And he's coming from Georgia Tech. Who only I believe runs he the threw football. for. I think he threw for thirty three hundred yards last year, Jaysel. So I don't know why you think he's a. <laughs> Has he of a ever been a Heisman hopeful or on the Heisman race? He is this year. Stamp it. I believe Adrian Martinez was in his career. Uh, Adrian Martinez was listed a Heisman hopeful every year because of Nebraska football and what it brings. So Jeff then Sims why is isn't Jeff same, Sims? Jeff Sims is labeled that this year. He's got I'll the same odds that Adrian Martinez did. Where can I read this? Heisman 
frontrunnernews.com. He's not a front runner, so they would be posted about a B-Saw. He is not a good a quarterback as Adrian Martinez. Well, Jay, so and... what you got to do is you got to argue Scott Frost and Mike Riley because those are the two that are in the same category. Matt Rule is light years ahead of Scott Frost, and he hasn't even coached a game for us. But we already know that he is because Scott Frost was literally – Probably the worst coach we've ever had in history. I and am not only... arguing that he was a good coach. I was saying that Adrian Martinez was the better quarterback and is the better quarterback. Scott Frost being a better head coach never came out of my mouth. <laughs> is he a better offensive coordinator than Matt Rule? You better believe that. I don't believe it. And you know who you should be arguing with, Bissell? You should be arguing Tanner Lee because Bissell loved that guy. And I heard I heard Bissell throw something at you about, it. well, if – if Martinez didn't fumble, how good would the team have been? You know what? Be saw throw it right back at you. If Tanner Lee didn't throw an interception every other play, how good would that Husker team have been? Now, T-Cell, there's, there's a couple of things here. And let me tell you one. Anytime you try to come out here and throw your absurd hot takes from those seasons of There's past, no hot take and, there. And you try to push them back on other people – you said Tanner Lee was going to be the best quarterback in Nebraska history. You that thought he was going to light it up yardage-wise. No. You're you the quarterback guy. He was guy. going to be the best passer Nebraska ever had. And Wrong. you said he would be a first-round draft pick. Now, no, clearly, clearly the Jaguars were listening to you because they made him a sixth-round pick for a guy who threw like 45 interceptions in 16 games. So I don't understand that. I need to get Jason on the phone here. Jason, can you back me up on this? That Bissell is the one who comes up with the love fest of quarterbacks that neither of us have ever heard of. And as soon as he sees a couple of passes, he jumps to the third, fourth, fifth guy in the depth chart. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not 100% wrong there, but I believe you are riding his coattails every time he does it. So you guys are always in the sa- on the same page when something like this happens. I am always trying to snap you back to reality, and that's just how it goes every single, you know, argument. Your reality, your reality is Urban, Urban Meyer. We need Urban Meyer and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now I've never said Patrick Mahomes. Secondly, now, let's just let's not even go down the Urban Meyer rabbit hole. Nobody wants that. We're still waiting on Chazzy to give his score prediction for the Northwestern Nebraska game. And Jay Saul keeps jumping back into Scott Frost love fest talk. We're over it. We've moved on. We're in a new relationship here. And this one is better for us, Jay Saul. Get with the program. Chazzy, give us that score. Yeah, since I was so rudely interrupted on this rant you guys have been going on, I have us winning 40 to 6 because we're going to give up two field goals. Amen to that, Chazzy. Chazzy did decide to jump down that rabbit hole with me, clearly. No, he did not because he has them scoring their T-cell. You are the one out here that is saying that they are not going to score. He had them as a blowout, a five-point difference, J-cell. There's no difference there. Chazzy, how do you see the Huskers doing against Purdue this season? Well, I have us beating Purdue now that the uh... Well, whoever the heck their quarterback was that we don't care about anymore is gone. 
And uh, I have us beating them 27 to 21. Now, Chazzy, I do want to make a mention here that you are getting dangerously close to be sold territory of having the Huskers as a 10-win team and riding into the sunset and into the playoffs. I do that just is, want to point that out. That is back-to-back -back seasons. B-Souls has the Huskers with 10 wins. If if I was on the B-Cell 10-2 bandwagon, <laughs> that would mean that I have us winning the rest of the games out. That's what B-Cell picked. <laughs> that is incorrect there, T-Cell. But anyway, I don't know why you're sitting here ragging on Chazzy. At this point, you only had one more loss than he had predicted at this point in the season there, T-Cell. Bezel, this is an easy season, easy record, a easy schedule. They should minimum have eight wins this season, and that's why I picked eight. And if Minnesota coach get fired, that's a nine-win season, baby. Ring it up. Now, if it was so easy to pick eight wins on here, apparently J-Sol missed that memo coming out with a six-and-six six record. Yeah, I well, don't know I where just... J-Sol is ringing up his losses because some of these teams he has Nebraska losing to – it's just an embarrassment. I mean, Jay, so if we lose to some of these teams another season, I'm going to pull out all the hair on my head. But this is the season that it is going to happen. Why? Look what happened last year, what happened the year before. Why would I just flip my mindset that, hey, we're back? Because, no, we're not back yet. And I, I got to know how it carries on here for Chazzy at Michigan State for the Huskers. Jazzy, yes. How do you have that six and two Husker team going into East Lansing? <laughs> Coming well, out seven and two. I unfortunately do not have us winning this game. I think I think our Kool-Aid got a little bit too much of a top off three weeks prior after Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue. And we're gonna have a slightly rude wake up call walking into Michigan State. We're gonna lose twenty seven to twenty four. And just like that, Chazzy has the Huskers dropping to who who Tiso calls Mel Tacker. You said Mel Tacker. <laughs> Tiso, you make up names for everybody. I believe his name is Mel Tucker. And I also believe he's the most overpaid and overrated head coach in college football at this time. I agree with you there, Biso. But let's just fly right past that here. Jazzy, how do you have the Huskers faring after a loss in East Lansing to T-Sol's best quarterback in the Big Ten coming in to Lincoln, Nebraska with the Maryland Terrapins? Well, B-Sol, I have us winning this game. I do think it's going to be a dogfight. Um, I have us coming out on top 35-28. to 28. I don't think Tua's brother is going to show show out for this game because, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, he's never played in Lincoln before, and if he has, screw him anyways. Now, uh, Chazzy, I do want to point out that this is one of the games that Biesel picked as a steamroll, and Biesel had the Huskers beating Maryland 38-10 to against the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And my hot take last week, that I still stand by this week is that Maryland will end at least third in the East this year. They're going to pass up either Penn State, Michigan, 
or Ohio State. Michigan State is not jumping up in those rankings. I want to know what drugs you're on. I want to know what drugs you aren't on. <laughs> Sometimes there's just no words to respond to these T-cell hot takes, and we've got that one listed on the books here. And, you know, for everybody who listens in week in, week out, there is just – there is no – way this Maryland team finishes top three in the East. And I would put that they'll probably finish fifth in the East. All right, B. So there is, there's no way that this Maryland team is going to finish fifth in the, do you have Michigan state above them? The guys that you said we were going to molly this season. And that their coach is overpaid. <laughs> yeah, and the is most he... overrated coach in college football. <laughs> he must be earning his paycheck that if he's having them finish fourth in the Big Ten East. How does fourth in the East mean you're earning your $100 million contract? Because of well, who's in front of you. You're talking absolutely. about three top ten teams in front of you at that point. And that would wow, mean that you would another, honestly win the West. Wow, is that another T-cell hot take? Saying that there are three top 10 teams in the Big Ten East. And he said that Maryland would be finishing in the top three of the East. So he is, T-Cell just, just admitted that he has Maryland being in the top 10 in in the country. No, J-Cell, we were talking in Bizarro World where B-Cell was saying Maryland was going to end in fifth which means Maryland's getting beat by all those guys. Indiana's getting beat by all those guys. And we know that Michigan State's not beating either of those three because B-Soul's words is they got the most overrated coach in college football. So that tells me right there that you got three top 10 teams being Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State in the East. But if Maryland is there, I'm not saying saying Maryland's a top 10 team. But if they do finish third, they will be a top 25 team. And they may even be top 15. T-Cell is freaking out about his hot take. He (laughs) just replayed what he said. And he doesn't know how to work back his conversation right now. I'm out. A top 25 team now? I believe Maryland was top 25 last season. How the mighty have fallen. How they have fallen from top 10 to top 25. Oh, my gosh. I said maybe top 15. But if but Maryland you, beats Ohio State or Michigan, you're talking about a potential top 10 team. But I'm not saying that's going to happen. Won't happen. I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to put your Maryland fire that you got burning over there out. Not going to happen. Well, I'm just saying be so you, you're the guy who always talks up the quarterbacks. The first thing out of your mouth is the other team's quarterback versus our quarterback, and you're not even willing to respect the Maryland quarterback, which is ridiculous because he's going to be playing on Sundays. Because now, of his name. Now, and I his think play my, on the field. I think my favorite part here is that Tesol is refusing to acknowledge the Maryland quarterback's name at this point. He said... That Maryland quarterback, if he was the best quarterback in the Big Ten there, T-Cell, wouldn't you be saying his name as often as you could to get his name out there? But the truth be told, he's not. 
He's not the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And it's just absurd that you feel that he is. Who is the best quarterback in the Big Ten there, B-Saw? Because there's not a lot of good ones. Jason, we've already we had this discussion, and I told you number one is (laughs) J.J. McCarthy. Followed by the next two here, which will probably be interchangeable throughout the season. I think two through seven are pretty close there. However, I think by the end of the season, your top three quarterbacks are going to be J.J. McCarthy and then Kyle McCord for Ohio State and Jeff Sims for Nebraska. Well, Chazzy, who is your best quarterback in the Big Ten? Are you following T-Cell here? Are you going with the norm? Now, I would like to remind you, Chazzy, that it's best quarterback, not best team. If you flip teams, is that quarterback going to have the same success on the other team? So, am I fair to say what you mean is the quarterback that's going to put up the best stats all around? No. The quarterback, (laughs) no. Because, obviously, who's ever a quarterback, I mean, as as Jazzy's words earlier in this podcast, a blind monkey could throw a touchdown at Michigan this year. <laughs> in those first four games that they got, they don't play anybody out of conference this year. Who? Somebody pull up first their, of all, their schedule. First of all, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said a blind monkey could lead that football team for the first four <laughs> games of the year, not throw a football which would rather prove my point that J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback in the Big Ten because a blind monkey could lead him to the first four wins. (laughs) Now, as we continue to just derail from Chazzy's schedule picks here as T-Sol likes to get off topic and talk about... T-Sol? J-Sol's the one who threw out the question. As he likes to talk about Tolua Tungavaloa like he is Tua Tungavaloa. Different guy, T-Cell, and you got to stop living in the past here. Chazzy, how do you feel the Huskers stand about a trip to Camp Randall? Well, I know T-Cell's not going to like this answer because at this point he's going to have Matt Rule packing his freaking bags. Because, And I quote, the only game that matters every year is Wisconsin. But unfortunately, I think I'm siding with the other part of the fam again this year. I don't think we're going to beat Wisconsin. I think we're going to lose 21 to 17. And we'll probably have some fluke play somewhere in that game that changes momentum and not in our favor. Now, Chazzy, I do want to point out really quick before you lock in this game score and outcome, you picked the exact score and outcome as JSL, and typically that leads you right off the cliff. So are you sure you want to lock in a Wisconsin loss? Yes, I do. And I do Absolutely. also want to point out that I had this exact same score against Illinois this year, but we had us winning because what do Illinois and Wisconsin love to do? Run the damn ball. And you know what that means? That means our defense is going to be on the field a lot. Absolutely. And you could feel his energy and the way he wanted to be behind me and my pick and he wanted to join the good side. Why? It is because this is reality and Chazzy is living in it. I would just like to point out that I don't ever give a damn about Jay Saul's picks. I don't even <laughs> think I watched the podcast where he gave his picks. 
So I'm going to just go on record that I gave my prediction technically before I heard <laughs> yours. Now, we are Jazzy, going to be fact-checking that one. We will We will definitely have to fact-check there. But, Chazzy, how do you feel the Huskers end the season with Iowa coming to town? Well, as anyone would guess. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Based on that energy, I don't like where this is going. Well, hold the phones. I'm already getting kicked to the curb. I have us winning that game 24 to 6. Get out. Because you know why? We beat their ass last year, and damn it, we're doing it again this year. Except this year, it's actually going to matter for one team. And that team, last I checked, wears a red. Amen to that, Chazzy. You join the T-Cell and B-Cell bandwagon there because I have them blowing out Iowa 33 to 10, and B-Cell hasn't blown out Iowa 24 to 3, and you have them 24 to 6. Clearly, we're all seeing the same thing. Iowa's terrible offense, and their defense is bound to be good, but not the best in the Big Ten like they were last year, meaning that the score is going to be more lopsided than it was last season. And ultimately, Iowa is on the downtrend to potentially Northwestern zone. Yes, that's right. That is what I'm saying right here. If Northwestern's coach... Pat Fitzgerald did not get fired to start the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa ended last place in the West. I would just like all of the Selly scoopers out there, because this is the first time that I think our faces are going to be making the internet, to just fathom this picture of Jay Saul last year. And that's exactly what he's going to be reminiscing as we walk <laughs> all over <laughs> Iowa this year. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you have it, to say to that, Jay Saul? It is what do you me, say to that? <laughs> it is me giving their old time coach the bird. But I do want to say that this game last year only mattered to one team, and that was Iowa. And the Huskers came out on top. And secondly, I do not have this game even meaning anything to the Huskers. Again, what does it get them? A pinstripe bowl or the tax layer bowl? It's the same thing. At this point, we're going bowling. I have them 6-6 six and six finishing with a loss to Iowa because that game doesn't matter. Now, Chazzy, a couple of things here. You've got the Huskers finishing 8-4, and four, which is a solid record here. JSL has the Huskers limping to a finish of six and six, losing three of their last four games. I would just like to point out. However, Jazzy, let's just look at the important fact here. How do you see the Big Ten championship game panning out this season? Who's representing the West? Who's representing the East? Well, I think the East is going to be Ohio State. I think that's a pretty bold prediction. I think Michigan will give them a tough fight, but uh, I think Ohio State's going to take them this year. And out of the West, uh, that's there's too many factors to play in there, too many garbage teams. I think you just pull one out of a hat, maybe two. You got to give an answer, Chazzy. Well, if that's the case, then. I'm putting my heart on the Huskers. And you just fell back into the delusional world of B-Cell there. 
Yeah, Jesse, I don't know that eight and four is going to cut it to come out of the West. I just don't know if that's going to push you over the hump. It might have done it last year, but two years in a row is a lot to ask for. Well, this still is the wild, wild west with all new head coaches there, T-Soul, so it might get you there. I am just referencing B-Soul picked the Huskers to be there. You might not want to. Well, we know one thing's for sure. He doesn't want to go with you and pick Minnesota because there is absolutely nobody else in the country picking Minnesota, not even Minnesota fans. I talk to Minnesota fans all the time on Twitter, and none of them are picking Minnesota to come out of the West. How many fans are picking Illinois? A lot more than what they're picking for Minnesota. And I believe when they went around to the broadcasters at the Big Ten thing in Indy, whatever the heck that was last weekend, Two people were picking Illinois out of the West. Now, I do think it's important to mention here, Jazzy, yes, we do have the same Big Ten championship game predictions. However, you have the Huskers finishing with a conference record of 5-4 and four and winning the West. <laughs> Are you confident in that answer? Yes. Because if you remember my first pick, it was a coin flip pick. So if the coin flips to my side, that would put us at six and three in conference. Does that mean you're looking to change your Minnesota game predictions for opening day of the season? Nope. I'm just going with my luck, and that means we're going to win the first game if I pick the opposite. That's a bold move there, Chazzy. And by that, I mean I'm loading up the account because something's going in the green, and it sure isn't going to be our record if that's what I pick. If, if that's the truth there, then the Huskers will be ending the season 4-8 and eight, just like last no, season. No, 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 no. I'm picking us to lose on paper, and I'm putting all of my betting money on us to win. Jazzy, I don't even know if it's worth getting it started with T-Soul's nonsense, but I think we should jump in. Who is your guys' top player of the offense this year for the Huskers? T-Soul, it wasn't nonsense because I'm going to touch on it again. Chazzy came out and said all of his picks, if he picks them to win, they lose. If he picks them to lose, they win. He picked them to go 8-4. and four. That means the team would end 4-8. and eight. And for some reason, Chazzy picked it that way. He should have picked them to go 0-12, so we'd actually be 12-0. I think you misinterpreted the rules, as what Chazzy was saying there. I said for the first game, which was my only coin flip game, that my prediction would be opposite because I like to load my gambling account up week one is what I said. Changing your answer, just like Jay saw, claiming that Minnesota had the best offensive line in the Big Ten last season. I have never changed it. And second of all, I didn't say last season. I said this season at this time, I believe Minnesota has one of the top offensive lines in the West. Now, Jason Tiesel, we are done talking about Minnesota. That game is coming up in a few weeks. What Jason asked Tiesel, who is your top offensive player for the Huskers going into the season? Who will be their offensive MVP? 
Well, I just got it under the microscope, you know, gave you a little insight to mine. It is not going to be anyone from the Huskers offensive line that is going to be my playmaker of the offense. I am going in with Marcus Washington. Now, Jason, I'd like to remind you that Marcus Washington currently has a broken hand right now. So there that's could be a, a lot of question marks there. Yeah, that's a bold pick. It's hard to catch a ball when you have a broken hand. But he will be coming back and playing, and he's going to be one of our top wide receivers this year when he makes a return. I hope you're right, Jaso. But if I was picking wide receivers, I'd be picking Billy Kemp because that man's a baller. But he is not my offensive MVP. Oh, this here season... comes Gabe Urban. Pick something new. Don't go with the you know the everyone's choice. You know, get off. Of the main road there, T-Saul. Find a new avenue. Well, J-Saul, that's how you take the thunder and drop it in a lake because it is going to be Gabe Irvin Jr. Gabe is a beast. He's coming out this season. They're going to focus on the run, and he's going to dominate, and there's not going to be another guy who's close to being offensive MVP. Well, obviously, they're going to try to run the ball. That's what Matt Rule is coming here to do. So let me tell you something. The biggest playmaker outside of that, when it comes to the wide receiver room, it is not going to be Billy Kemp. He is too small, and he is not fast enough. Fine, Jason. I'll do what you do and pick a wide receiver with a broken hand. Now, there's a couple of things here for both of you. Gabe Irvin Jr. is going to have a good year, but he's going to be splitting time with Anthony Grant and Lamar Johnson. And nope. Ramir Johnson, the three of them are going to be rotating and keeping fresh legs. Marcus Washington will probably be back by Louisiana Tech, depending on how that arm heals. And there's only one correct answer here, and it's Jeff Sims, who is oh, going to be the I... offensive MVP and a dark horse for Heisman going into the season. That is the Sorry, only T-Shop. answer here. I apologize. You are not mainstream. I apologize. Thank you. But I don't forgive you. Chazzy, who are you picking for yours? Well, the last time that I jumped on a B-cell bandwagon, it got us to the college football playoff. So, I think we do it again. Why not run it back? The best offensive player this year for Nebraska will be Jeff Sims. And the runner-up will be Billy Kemp. Because our O-line sucks so bad, for as much as I would love to follow T-Saul, seeing Gabe Urban for the first time this offseason, the dude looks jacked. But when three guys are trying to tackle you, it doesn't matter how big you are. He's going to march on Lynch this season. But now, that's our takes for offense. Looking at the defense, B-Saul, who do you got as your defensive MVP this season? Ty Robinson? Nope, he is flipping it to a linebacker. I see where it is going already. Now, both of you guys know how I feel about this Husker defense. I'm a little frustrated with how many returners they have, or starters they have returning this season. However, I honestly feel like there are a couple guys who can make an impact and be the top player on this defense. And I think the number one guy on this team is going to be Mr. Luke Reimer, 
as the top defensive player for this Husker team. I believe that's no. the first time Besal has ever mentioned Luke Reimer's name. I am surprised he didn't go with this guy, Nick Henrich. But that is just from the outside look at it. I don't know what you saw from his pick here, Tiso, but that is not what I saw coming from him. Jay, so I believe we had an argument on the podcast on air a couple weeks ago where Beasel said there is absolutely no way that Luke Reimer carried the defense, and there's absolutely no way that Luke Reimer is anything close to what Nick Heinrich was. But, Jay, so I stuck up for Luke, Luke Reimer. I like his pick of Luke Reimer, but I'm just shocked that Beasel is contradicting himself from a few weeks ago. Now, T-Cell, what you may be misremembering here is a conversation where both you and J-Cell told me that Ernest Hausman was a better linebacker than Nick Henrich, and I asked you how that could be yes. when he played more games than him and only ended with five more tackles than him last season. And Henrich Which missed most is... of the season on injury. Which one is uh, playing for a team that just went four and eight, three and nine the previous year? And which team, which guy is playing for the team, you know, that just won back to back Big Ten championships and went to back to back college football? Now, that would be that would be the guy who decided to transfer out when he knew he wasn't going to have a starting job this season. But Jay, that so, is why when he since you can't he pick was since the Jay... number one transfer, he was ranked the number one transfer when he decided That's to transfer out. Great there, Jay. Cell. and I got to tell you something. He's also the recruit that is the issue for Jim Harbaugh and costing him costing him some games this season. So let's just get down to it. Since you can't pick Ernest Houseman to be your defensive MVP, who do you see being the impact player for this Husker defense? I think the impact player is going to come on the D line. The D front is what we have been missing for the past few years. And it's really what we have been missing since Bo Pelini was there. And I think freshman Cameron Lenhart is going to come up huge and be able to plug the hole at defensive tackle and is going to, you know, he's going to stand out when he's lining up next to Ty Robinson because everyone knows he sucks. Jay, so I like the pick of Cameron Lenhart, but again, he's not my best guy on the D-line. That's going to be MJ Sherman. And MJ Sherman is going to finish second in defensive MVP voting in the T-Cell handbook because the guy who's going to be winning defensive MVP this season is going to be Marquez Buford Jr. He's going to have a season that there's just no way. Obviously, he's the leader out there. But Chazzy, who do you got as your defensive MVP? Well, I mean, after hearing the decisions that you guys have made, I still am taking my homeboy transfer out of Florida, Chief Borders, to be the best defensive player on our team this year. <laughs> right out of Chicago, Illinois. Chazzy, you know are you why? picking him strictly on his name? You're damn right. Hail to the chief. Beasel's biting his tongue over there. I could just tell. 
not bite my tongue on that aspect. I think the Huskers have brought in a ton of talent this offseason on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, between MJ Sherman, Chief Borders, and Elijah Judy, those three are all going to have impact seasons there. I strongly just feel that Luke Reimer being the center of it and the captain of this defense, he will be the impact player that the Huskers need this season. Now, B-Saw, here's a question just straight out of left field for you. If you could vote on yourself, if you looked at Chazzy's pick for defensive MVP, my pick for defensive MVP, or J-Saw's pick for defensive MVP, whose pick is most likely to be the best pick? It's probably between yours, T-Saw, and Chazzy's. Thank you. That is outrageous <laughs> that you are just going to come in here and say that. If I would have picked Nick Henrich, you still wouldn't have picked me. <laughs> if you had picked Nick Henrich or a linebacker in a 3-3-5 defense, JSL, I absolutely would have gone with your pick. Just wait. Just wait because we have, as the Huskers, have been missing a D line, a D front, and that is where Cameron... Cameron Lenhart is going to come up huge, be filling in. He is a true freshman. And it would not surprise me with him rotating a ton of time with Elijah Judy to stay fresh on the front. If Judy ends up recording more tackles on the season than Cameron Lenhart. That is just outrageous. Now, B-Saw, if you had to take a look at our offensive guys and do the same voting tactic, you can't vote for yourself. Who had the who had the best picks for the offensive MVP? Me, Chase, or you act like this is you act like this is backing your side. You have a guy out here that is saying that the Huskers are going to go to the college football playoff and win the Big Ten and win the Big Ten West. This is a guy that <laughs> Is just who picked, who picked the Huskers to go to the college football playoffs? Four and eight. You did last season. Four and eight. <laughs> and they went three and nine the year before. And this guy has us winning the West, winning the Big Ten. I mean, he has us 10 and two. I mean, we must be going to a Rose Bowl in this guy's mind. So, B. So, what's your answer? Well, the easy answer would be reality. Jazzy. Chazzy has the best offensive MVP out of the three. Of you Sorry, because... I forgot Chazzy picked the same as you for the offense. Eliminate Chazzy. Who had the best pick between me and Jay Sola? <laughs> I'd like to remind you, a super jacked and juiced out of his mind running back coming into the season and a wide receiver with a broken hand. Now, well, he is so, going to be the star of the show when he comes back. Why? It is because it is going to give Jeff Sims another target, a bigger target than Xavier Betts and Billy Kemp. And, Jaisal, that's actually where I agree with you on that. I think Marcus Washington will no, have a great season. No, I don't know if I'm on the right side. I think he will have a great season when he is back healthy, and that's if he can get healthy. Now, T-Salt, with Gabe Irvin Jr., I think he will have a good season. However, I already told you, you picked a guy to be the offensive MVP who's going to be splitting time with two other running backs who will be making a significant push for playing time there. 
Anthony Grant was the best running back we had last season. Gabe Irvin Jr. was out. I get that. But he is over a year removed from playing meaningful snaps here. And that is why I just think I have to go with Jaisal and Marcus Washington having That's a bigger just impact. ludicrous. Having a bigger impact in less games than Gabe Irvin Jr. will. I don't think Marcus Washington's going to be out there for every game. I think he'll miss the first couple. Absolutely well, ludicrous, B. So I don't know how you're picking a wide receiver with a broken hand who's going to miss the cupcake schedule to start the season. And Gabe Irvin Jr. is going to be padding the stats. I mean, because at the cupcake part of the season, they're not even going to be passing the ball that much. Tiso is going to be coming down and to Gabe running Irvin the clock. Jr.'s got at least at least seven if touchdowns. He is the full. He is not going to score seven touchdowns if they're up by as much as you're predicting. He's going to have seven Listen. touchdowns going into the Michigan game. Seven touchdowns. Outrageous take right there. Put that down. That, that is that a average? hot take and a high. A hot take and a half. That's four games. That's four games. That's not even two touchdowns a game. How many do you think he's going to be scoring this season? Now, now, Tiso, hold on. How many many touchdowns did you say Gabe Irvin Jr. was going to have? Seven. Seven. Going into the Michigan game. And, Jason, how many touchdowns is Marcus Washington going to have going into the Michigan game? That is a different position, and I am not the one talking here trying to so back you got my him side. With zero I already touchdowns. got B-Saw on my side. I already have B-Saw <laughs> on my side. I do not have to make a pitch here to get him to join the good side. I would just like to mention that you predicted him to be backed by Louisiana Tech, right? Or was that B-Saw? That, that, was, B-Saw. that was me. Okay, and you think, that this guy is going to come back and shake the rust off against Louisiana Tech and then immediately face Michigan. The guy's going to be back on the IR after the second game in. <laughs> so, Chazzy, maybe I should ask you this question from the get-go. Who do you believe had the best pick as the offensive MVP? Because obviously you can't pick Bissell between me and Jason. Chazzy has been on par with Bissell, another guy you don't really want to be back in you. <laughs> I would have to agree with Jason there because, yeah, that, I would definitely that not. We be. don't want you backing us because you've been <laughs> on par with Bissell and completely delusional. <laughs> no, definitely not that. Definitely not that. I don't even know what you said. I just said I was agreeing with Bissell, is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's definitely not how it came out. Uh, well, are well, you back at T-Cell or are you back at me? Because well, <laughs> now I don't I, really know if I want to take back my comment. I don't think I'm back at either of you. I'm going, yeah. with, I'm going with Big Dog's predictions, and I don't even know what they were. He has yet to make a prediction. But, Chazzy, that means well, that either you don't way that think... I'm taking Big Dog's futuristic offensive player. And what if Big Dog picks Gabe Irvin Jr.? Well, we already know that he won't. Runner up. Why but wouldn't he pick Gabe Urban Jr.? Because we can't run the damn ball. That's why. We're going to no. have to to win eight to ten games, as Bezos mentioned. If, if you're going to go out there and win ten games in the Big Ten, then you're running the football and you're running it successfully is what it's going to come believe, down to. 
I believe B-Saw was out here saying, if you don't remember a couple weeks back there, T-Saw, that Big Dog's Offensive Player of the Year was going to be Ben Scott. I do recall this conversation. And I also recall Chazzy calling out Eric Gilbert as a potential MVP candidate. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out when the season kicks off about Eric Gilbert and Ben Scott there, T-Salt, but both should be impact transfers there. Thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Sull. B-Sull. And T-Sull. And again, joining us this week was special guest Chazzy going through his season prediction here for the Huskers. Yep. Thank you once again to all the Sully Scoop listeners out there and to all three of you for having me on. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment to be on next week's Grandstand Gossip. You can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Apple Podcasts along with Spotify. But thanks again for joining us, Chazzy. Always great time having you on. Go Big Red!